The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board. I find this scientifically fascinating. You're listening to KUCI Irvine. Disengage this computer now. Broadcasting at 88.9 FM. Hello, computer. And on the web at KUCI.org. The most reliable computer ever made. And streaming through iTunes. Don't expect any mercy during the Great Robot Wars. And Peter Radio brought to you by machines. Returning to normal broadcast in 3, 2, 1. Good morning, you're listening to Get the Funk Out. I'm your host, Janine, and I hope everybody's having a good start to their Monday. I know next Monday we get a long one, so there's only, what, five days to go. You get a long weekend, so hang in there. And around 9.30, I have special guest, psychotherapist Bonnie Katz, and I thought I would share with you some of her great articles and advice on her website until she comes on at 9.30. And also, we'll sample a little music. I got some new CDs uh, from the Coles and also from Stacy Robin. And I'm uh, going to just mix it up a little bit this Monday morning. So let's see. Because of the show, the theme is Get the Funk Out, I wanted to share with you some of the things Bonnie has on her website because it's very, very relevant. I want to tell you a little bit about psychotherapy. She's a psychotherapist. I know she helps a lot of individuals in the acting field and also uh, couples therapy and things like that. So whether you are find yourself in a funk uh, recently or in the past, you want to deal with certain things, I'm also open to questions. I'll throw some questions out to Bonnie. You can send emails to Janine, that's J-A-N-E-A-N-E, that's J-A-N-E-A-N-E at KUCI.org, and I'll throw some questions Bonnie's way around 9.30, well, a little after 9.30. And uh, so let me tell you a little about psychotherapy, how it can help. She writes on her website, which is bonniecats.com. Are you unable to change or control behaviors that you know aren't logical or productive? You drink more than you like, you recheck your doors you know that are locked, or become extremely irritable over small matters. You feel that you've lost your ability to cope. Maybe you've lost interest in activities you used to enjoy. You're unable to concentrate or function well in your work and social life. You experience a great deal of conflict at home or work. Maybe you feel lonely and socially isolated. Are you considering considering shaking up your life or marriage? Do you need support as you grieve a loss? Do you find your life repeating unsatisfactory old patterns? Or maybe you're in the midst of shifting family dynamics because of illness, children moving away, retirement, or other changes. Maybe you want to identify and address obstacles that keep you from achieving your goals or being the person you think you want to be. You wish to improve your ability to communicate and assert yourself. Or maybe you have trouble moving on with life after a trauma. Well, these are all really, really important things to think about. Again, this is psychotherapy. How can it help you? And this is on Bonnie Katz's website. He'll be joining us at around 9.30. And I want to talk about six myths about stress that she also has on her website because this is really relevant to a lot of people. There's all kinds of different stress, and sometimes you can't put your finger on it. I used to say, uh, I was telling my husband <laughs> when I was dating, I would, I'd wake up the next morning, 
and I would just think about things. And if something was really weighing on me, I knew that I was either doing the wrong thing or I needed to change something. And a lot of times I have my clearest thinking in the morning. So I thought, I love this article, Six Myths About Stress. Six myths around stress. Displaying, dispelling them enables us to understand our problems and then take action against them. Let's look at these myths. Myths, Myth number one, stress is the same for everybody. Completely wrong. Stress is different for each of us. What is stressful for one person may or not be stressful for another. Each of us responds to stress in an entirely different way. Okay, myth number two. Stress is always bad for you. According to this view, zero stress makes us happy and healthy. Well, that's wrong too. Stress is to the human condition what tension is to the violin string. Too little and the music is dull and raspy. Too much and the music is shrill and on the string snaps. Stress can be the kiss of death or the spice of life. The issue really is how to manage it. Managed stress makes us productive and happy. Mismanaged stress hurts and even kills us. Myth number three, stress is everywhere so you can't do anything about it. Not so. You can plan your life so that stress does not overwhelm you. Effective planning involves setting priorities, working on simple problems first, solving them, and then going on to more complex difficulties. And one of the things that we're going to talk about when Bonnie Katz comes on, who's a psychotherapist, is mindfulness, how to be mindful of what's going on in your life, which is a very important issue. So when stress is mismanaged, it's difficult to prioritize. All your problems seem to be equal and stress seems to be everywhere. Myth number four, the most, most popular techniques for reducing stress are the best ones. Again, not so. No universally effective stress reduction techniques exist. We are all different, our lives are different, our situations are different, and our reactions are completely different. Only a comprehensive program tailored to the individual really works. Myth number five, no symptoms, no stress. Absence of symptoms does not mean the absence of stress. In fact, camouflaging symptoms with medication may deprive you of the signals you need for reducing the strain on your physiological and psychological symptoms. Myth number six, only major symptoms of stress require attention. This myth assumes that the minor symptoms such as headaches or stomach acid may be safely ignored. Minor symptoms of stress are the only early warning signs that your life is getting out of hand and that you need to do a better job of managing stress. This is adapted from the Stress Solution by Lyle H. Miller, PhD, and Alma Dell Smith, PhD. And again, this is on Bonnie Katz's website, and she'll be joining us in just a little bit. So if you have questions, you can email them in to Janine, that's J-A-N-E-A-N-E, at KUCI.org. All right, we're going to sample a little music from the Coles. This is their latest CD. The Coles is a actually family band. Uh, Arlene Cole, Bill Cole, Skylar Cole, and two, two, under, two other amazing musicians, Wyatt Stone and Uncle Jimmy Rolf. And I hope you enjoy. This is uh, the Coles with Take Me Back. Do you want to go out with me tonight? 
You're listening to Get the Funk Out. That was The Coles with Take Me Back. And if you want more information about them, you can visit thecolesmusic.com. In just about 15 minutes, we're going to be joined by psychotherapist Bonnie Katz. She has a lot of great information on her website I want to share with you. There's an article she's written called It Is Possible to Change by Bonnie Katz. There was another link I found over the weekend. It was unbelievable. And if you go to my Facebook page, Janine Bernstein, that's J-A-N-E-A-N-E, Bernstein, there was a video clip that Bonnie had, um, I don't know if it was, she had posted on Facebook or on her website, but I want to share it with you because it was incredibly powerful. And here it is. There was a man who was probably close to, I don't know, 250 pounds, somewhere on there. And I think he was maybe 300 pounds. And he had been in the military and he used to jump out of planes a lot and he damaged his back and his knees to a point where he just couldn't walk. He he had a walker and he was just so sedentary and he put on a lot of weight and he was really unhappy and he just couldn't move and function in society. And he got very depressed and some way, somehow, somebody reached out to him who's in the yoga field and he said, you know, I wanna help this guy. So I guess he got, he sent him some yoga material and he started uh, doing yoga at home and he showed himself and he was falling over and he, he was just having the worst time just, you know, doing it. But he was doing it. He was getting up and he was motivated to do it. And they chose him over time and he slowly can do these poses and he's not falling. And then he can slowly uh, walk with a cane and then eventually can walk without the cane. And then he shows how he's lost all this weight. He's, I think he lost 140 pounds. And um, no, I, total he lost 140 pounds. But he just shows his gradual improvement. And he just is smiling again. And then eventually he's doing all these amazing yoga moves. And then he runs towards the camera. And he just, he wanted to change. And he put his mind to it and he did it. So I want to share this article with you. It is possible to change Change by Bonnie Katz. How many times have you struggled with something? You felt frustrated with yourself, but instead of working it through, you just gave up and said, well, this is the way I am. Being stuck can leave you feeling powerless and discouraged as if you're locked behind a closed door unable to get through the other side. Let's try to connect this to something we all know, drama. Imagine if you picked up a script and instead of the, lead, of the lead dealing with the dilemma in hand, it simply responded with, sorry, that's just the way I am. It would mean the story would end. Scripts and plays that really stand out portray a protagonist who is determined to work through the problem at hand and then come out on the other side with answers and a new perspective on life. Now here's how writer David Mamet defines drama in a memo to his staff writers on the unit. The quest of the hero to overcome those things which prevent him from achieving a specific acute goal. The hero has a problem, and it must culminate with the hero finding him or herself either thwarted or educated that another way exists. So not dealing with difficult feelings and experiences will, like a drama, prevent your life story from moving forward in a gratifying way. Freeing oneself from old negative patterns similar to a, a good drama requires creativity and openness to see things from a different perspective especially when we feel hopeless and stuck so if you find yourself trapped in a behavior that leads to a less than pleasant outcome 
you're most likely using a defense that has outlived its usefulness. For example, if you grew up in a home where you were constantly criticized, you may have learned how to disconnect and become aloof in order to protect yourself from being hurt. This defense may have helped you escape getting hurt as a child, but as an adult, it leaves you stuck in the inability to make positive connections. I thought that was really powerful. There's more if you visit Bonnie Katz's website. That's bonniekatz.com. And again, she will be on in about 10 minutes. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, you're listening to Get the Funk Out. I'm your host, Janine. We're going to sample one more song from the Coles. This is Decemberland. You're waiting for my call I'm not really in a hurry I'm discovering this world While you're sitting at home worried And I'm not gonna be held back No, no, no love that song. It's a new one from the Coles called Decemberland. My name is Janine. You're listening to Get the Funk Out. In just a little bit, we're going to be joined by psychotherapist Bonnie Katz. also want to tell you about another guest I have coming up uh, next Monday, Memorial Day, is uh, author Dan Zevin, who I've known for quite some time. Met him in Brookline, Massachusetts when I used to live there, and uh, he was helping with some of my creative writing. He's very, very funny, and he has a new book called Dan Gets a Minivan. And he was telling me all about his tricked-out minivan with his, I'm not joking now, mirror ball and his leather seats. And uh, it's actually a pretty cool ride, I have to admit. I don't know if I want one, but it's a pretty cool ride. Uh, so again, that's author Dan Zevin is coming on the show next week. And I wanted to share with you, um, when I first moved to suburbia, I think I had a bit of uh, a lot of stress because, I, I don't know, I wasn't ready to live in the suburbs. And... Um, we bought our first house, I guess, I don't know, 10 years ago. And so he, he shares tips for new suburban suburbanites. And uh, here they are. Number one, when you first move to the suburbs, it may be difficult to meet lots of people. So focus on making even one friend who has a pool. Number two, building contractors who say that they can start the job on Wednesday are talking about a different Wednesday than you are. Number three, the four phases of suburban lawn care are old school push mower, gas-guzzling power motor, m- mower, high school student, and gardener. Number four, for the price of one meatball at that trendy restaurant you like to go to in the city, you can buy the whole cow at Costco. Number five, love thy neighbor. But know it is easier to love thy neighbor when thy neighbor resurfaces his driveway and thusly increases thy real estate values. Number six, the longer you deny your desire for a stainless steel gas barbecue grill, With flush-mounted side burners, the longer it will be until you free your inner suburbanite and lead a fulfilling existence. Number seven, if your city friends don't visit you within within the first seven months of your suburban stay, they are not going to visit you. Number eight, as you settle into a family-friendly lifestyle and the comforts of your own home, remember there is a fine line between a happy suburban couple curled up on the couch and two carcasses who've fallen asleep to the same Netflix movie that they've tried to watch for five Saturday nights in a row. Number nine, show me someone who says they could never move to the suburbs because it means they've had to drive everywhere, and I'll show you someone who never stood next to a guy 
on a rush hour subway who picked his nose and wiped the boogie on the pole they were holding. By the way, I didn't write these. <laughs> this is Dan Zevin from danzevin.com. Number 10, you're either on the minivan or you're off the minivan. So again, this is a little bit from Dan Zevin's blog, The Minivan Diaries, and we're going to talk about his book next week, Dan Gets a Minivan, and he's also also author of several other books, a few of which I read. One was the newly, nearly wed handbook, How to Survive the Happiest Day of Your Life. Uh, he's also written Entry-Level Life, A Complete Guide to Masquerading as a Member of the Real World. Uh, and he's a very, very talented guy, very funny. Again, danzevin.com. He'll be here next Monday on Get the Funk Out. So in just a little bit, we'll be joined by Bonnie Katz, psychotherapist. And again, if you have questions, email them in, Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E. Sorry, a little fast. J-A-N-E-A-N-E at KUCI.org. And here's one from Stacy Robin. This is Reach. You're listening to Get the Funk Out Show. I'm your host, Janine, and we are joined by Bonnie Katz, who, I love your new title, Bonnie. You're in the funk business. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in the funk business. Yes. (laughs) How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. I'm glad you could join us. Oh, it's my pleasure. You know, I heard about you on Facebook. I'm in acting as well, I Mm share with you. And it's very easy, I'm sure, you meet so many people that are in a funk as actors. Oh, yeah, especially that field because they have to, they don't have a lot of control over what happens to them, mm-hmm. and they're very vulnerable and right. have to deal with, you know, rejection on a daily basis. Right, right. So they need to build resilience and not take things personally. You have to have such thick skin. I know yes. doing voiceover, and I've done mm-hmm. some on-camera stuff, you you can't um, first you you can't walk in there and just have this look of I I have to get this job right or, you know, right. and you have to also it's very hard to do you overthink it you walk out of the room and you go I I should have done this and I should have done that and you right know, you have to just say I did what I did and it's done right you know? right easier said than done of course well but you know what it takes practice mm-hmm. if you practice that if you practice what you choose to focus on. Eventually, it's just going to be automatic. True. You know, but a lot of people don't understand that you have to work it the way that you do everything else. Right. You know, you have to invest in thinking about what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and then practicing letting go of negative thoughts and replacing them with gratefulness and, you know, positive thoughts. Sure. And you and I talked, um, I think it's really important to have a full life where you don't, you know, acting or where one thing isn't your whole life. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's really important to have outlets, whether it's, yeah. you know, planning a garden or riding a bike or something, uh, because you need to, you know, put your energy in other places. Absolutely. You have to learn to balance things. Mm-hmm. And also approach them in a light way. You know, it's not life or death. You know, right. and there's a certain lightness uh, that you can bring towards situations. Yes. That was my phone that just broke. <laughs> <laughs> that broke? Oh, no. <laughs> no, <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, you have to practice this lightness and, and be able to laugh at yourself. Right. You know, when you fall down, you make mistakes. That's the nature of living. That's so true. You know, it's just the nature of things. And this idea of perfectionism is what makes people so miserable. I know, I know. You know, I'm having these conversations with my daughter because, um, you know, when she goes to school, she'll say, how old should I be when I wear makeup? How old should I be Mm. when I pluck my eyebrows? And I I said to her, don't annihilate your eyebrows. I did it when I was like, you know, (laughs) seventh or eighth grade because my mom was so into it. She's like, let me show you. And they were pencil thin and disgusting. And I would... Like, when I show her a picture eventually, she's like, Mom, you know, know. because they're so focused. Are you from Brooklyn? No, no, New York. (laughs) (laughs) Why, is that what they did in Brooklyn? Well, because that's what my eyebrows look like, so. Oh, that's so, we'll have to compare (laughs) pictures. (laughs) Uh, I look at the picture of my dad's dresser. He's in Connecticut, and I think, oh, Dad, hide this, you know. Yeah. How uh, old is your daughter? uh, She's 12. Oh, what a great age. She is. And you know what, I'm trying to do things a little differently than than uh, when I was younger because uh-huh. my mom wasn't a big laugher. My dad was more uh, the person who would cut up. They weren't married. They divorced when I was young. Uh-huh. But uh, when I spent time with him later on, he would. I think that's why I got involved in voiceover because he was very funny. Uh-huh. And I, what I try to do with my kids is get them to laugh a little, right. a little bit every day, whether I say, okay, you know, um, how would a little old lady sound, you know, singing whatever or what what would a singing fish sound like? I just stupid things, but right. things that make right. things a little light because you know they are overwhelmed with school and whatever. So yes, I think kids have too much pressure on them. Right. I raised two daughters, and I never had a scale in the house. Wow! Because I didn't want them to get. I wanted them to think health rather than you know uh, being thin, and you know. So I never. I love that. Yeah. I just refused to have it. I was afraid that, yeah. you know, with all of the eating disorders that, mm-hmm. you know, um, so I tried to steer them towards feeling healthy and strong rather than being thin. I love that. That yeah. is so important, especially as a girl, you know. Oh, yes. Ugh. Body image difficulties, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, they struggle with that. Really, it's, uh, it's a shame. I think it's important to to try to break parent patterns. Like, so if there mm-hmm. was a bad pattern with your own parents, try to be conscious of yes. not inflicting that pattern on your own kids. Right. Which right. is hard, but you know, yeah, I think you really have to be conscious of that. Yeah, and yeah. also to be able to um, ease up on yourself as a parent. Right. Um, one of the most freeing things that I said to my daughter once was, um, "I'm sorry." I made a mistake, and I'm not perfect. 
Mm. And, and I didn't mean to hurt you. Please forgive me. You mm-hmm. know. And it was so, oh, she was like, oh, oh, mommy, that's okay, you know. And I continue to say I'm sorry. Mm. Um, uh, How old I'm are they? I'm not perfect. How old are they, Bonnie? How old um, are they 35 and mm-hmm. 30. Okay. 34, 30, yeah, and 30. They're, you know, and I'm, they're wonderful. They're just, uh, they're wonderful kids. It's, it's a whole process of, you know, raising them and then letting them go and then having them come back to you. Right. And, uh, you know, it's a lesson in how not to be selfish. Yes, yes. You know, how to let go and let them live their lives. Um, right. And they teach me all the time. Like once my daughter said to me, um, Mom, if I want your opinion, I'll ask it. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I, I just wanted to tell her, you know, your hair would look a little bit better. She's like, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, it, it hurt, you know, yes. it stung a little bit. Yes. But then I said, oh, okay. You know, and now I always preface things with, do you want to know what I think? <laughs> and she's know? like, no. <laughs> yeah, no, not really. They know what I think, actually. You know? Yeah. They, they know it already. Oh, they love so, that. Yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, when they're little, they, they're, you know, mommy, do my hair, mommy, what, you know, and uh, you just, I don't know, you have a different role. Right. And then when they grow up, they need you less. That's true. And you have to let them. Which is a healthy them. thing. Yeah, you healthy. have to let them, I know. Let them go. I know. I'm yeah. still protective. My kids are 9 and 12, but I, yeah. I'm getting to the point where my 12-year-old, you know, I, I want to have her be more independent and, yeah. Absolutely. Right. It's important. Absolutely. I was reading earlier your six myths about stress. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought it was very interesting. And I also want to talk about mindfulness. Could yes. you share with people what that is? Yes. Um, many years ago, I was searching for just ways of healing and, you know, dealing with life. Because life is painful, mm-hmm. you know. And I stumbled across um, mindful meditation, and I use it in my psychotherapy practice as a way to help my patients tolerate the feelings that come up during therapy. Mm-hmm. And it's so simple uh, that it's amazing. It's really amazing. All you do is focus your attention okay. purposefully. So you sit down, let's say, um, and do a 10-minute or 20-minute meditation, and all you do is focus on your breath and your body. Mm. So you'll sit down, and the mind will start going about thoughts of the future and the past and comments, and you just notice that, and you come back to the breath. You let it go without any criticism, Mm -hmm. and in a friendly, kind, gentle voice, you come back to the focus of the breath. And that helps you to be in the here and now. Sounds like yoga. Yes, Mm -hmm. it is, because yoga is about the practice of being in the present moment Mm -hmm. through your body movement. And this is the same thing. It quiets the mind. It quiets the self-criticism. And it's a practice. It actually, people that practice mindfulness are happier, um, calmer. And, and all of this is proven now with research coming out of Stanford, UCLA, Harvard, all over. I find that I lived alone for five years, and I also uh, spent most of my life as an only child, mm. that I like 
being alone, and I like, I don't need TV at night because mm. I like quiet. I like to just yeah. unwind and have my thoughts before bed, and there's so much that goes on on TV or the computer that it's too stimulating. Yes, yeah. You know, or the bad news yeah. will end up in my dreams, you know? Right, right, so. absolutely, absolutely. And you know something, that isn't the whole truth. You know, so it's not just that the world is filled with bad news, which mm-hmm. if you're continuously plugged into that, that's what you believe, and that can make you depressed. Right. He's right. You know? So you need to have equanimity. You have to have balance. You have to have wisdom with what you see. Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm not a Buddhist, but I love um, the idea that they believe that our natural state of being is of goodness. Oh, that's nice. And that the heart is, is made of goodness, but because one might have a difficult childhood, they, they cement layers over their heart, layers and layers and layers to protect themselves. Sure. And then uh, they get away from their basic nature of goodness. And so in the therapeutic process, we look at that. We look at all those layers, those defenses, we call them, in therapy. And those childhood maps that helped one to survive a very difficult childhood but are no longer useful now as an adult. You know, you wouldn't take a map of Paris and and take it to Rome. Right. Right. So you've got to let go of these childhood maps and create new ones for yourself now so you can be happy. That's right. You know, I think about Facebook, how people connect with people from their past, when in fact you haven't spoken to these people in years. Right. Why bother? (laughs) Right, right. And Facebook actually, they're finding out, causes people to be depressed because they Mm. think, oh, so-and-so is out having a party and they're going on vacation and I'm not. Right. And this one has a boyfriend and is married and has that and I don't. Yes. And it just, uh, it's, it's not good. It's not good. It isn't. It's so revealing. I mean, between people saying they're on vacation to, I'm doing this and I'm doing that, Uh and, you know, it's a little too much. As as I remember casting directors saying, don't post that you just had an audition for such and such. You know, you're supposed to be quiet about things. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it might come from a need for people to want to connect. Oh, yeah. But that is not um, satisfying that you don't gain anything out of these uh, connections off of the screen. It has to be face-to-face in order sure. to um, get any kind of benefit from it. It's so true. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the way that we're built. Right. You know, it's, and that doesn't replace um, holding someone's hand or looking into their eyes or, you know, smelling what they smell like, um, you know? Yes, I agree. It doesn't replace that. In fact, it causes more uh, isolation, you know. I think that technology, I mean, I'm not going to say anything riveting here, but it really has uh, affected in a negative way relationships, because I'm sure maybe you're seeing when people come to you, are they shutting off their cell phones? Are they still distracted by all this technology? Right. Well, it's interesting because I work with a lot of um, now 30-year-olds, Mm-hmm. And they come in with their iPhones, and um, they they put it right next to them on the seat, you know, and then they check it to make sure that it's off and to make sure that, you know, there is this attachment, you know, sure. to the phone. Right. That's, uh, you know, it's it's amazing. It's really amazing. 
not it doesn't make us all of this technology unfortunately um i believe does not make us a better um doesn't make us better as humans no i think it hurts us as far as our relationships and communicating yes. you know yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you're spending it's not a replacement no for a relationship and human contact right you know i'll never forget once i was uh, in graduate school reading about these two monkeys, um, and one had a, uh, there was a baby monkey and a mother, and one was, you know, breastfeeding the the baby um, and doing well, and the other one had a wire monkey with a bottle, uh, and that baby ended up, that baby monkey ended up dying because it needed touch. Right. You know, it needed to be held, Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't. Oh, that's so and, sad. Um, yeah, and you know, I've I've heard of uh, babies which are left alone in cribs uh, in orphanages um, abroad, where they ended up biting themselves. Um, you know, mm. to get some touch. It's just you know how we are as humans. Right. It's a very very natural strong need to connect. Yes. You know. Very important in learning how to do that, how to how to get good relationships, mm-hmm. you know, for yourself, and what's what's getting in the way of that, right? You know, anything from the childhood that happened where you made a decision or a belief was formed that is stopping you from, uh, you know, maintaining and getting good relationships now. Uh, any unfinished childhood issues that you're not conscious of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you need to have an awareness of that. How do people become aware of things that are not so clear? First of all, I think you need to be motivated to want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, And I always find that when my patients come in, it takes a lot of courage. It takes so much courage to come in and say, you know what, I'm not happy and I want to figure this out. Sure. And face the pain. The way that I work is we face what it is that you've been running from. And we sit down together and we look at it and realize it's from the past. It already happened. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, there, of course, we want to run. You know, it's not like, oh, yeah, pain, come on in. <laughs> Bring Let's it. sit down. <laughs> you know, I've been waiting for you. Right. Um, I, I like to tell my patients we invited in for a cup of tea, mm-hmm. you know, and get to know it to create this kind of fearlessness about our emotions, you know. Right. And get to know them. They're there. You can't distract. You can't self-medicate. That doesn't cause any kind of long-term permanent change. You know, buying a new pair of shoes is great for the first hour or day or, you know, and then that wears off. Right. That's right. You know, it just kind of wears off. So long-term change takes work, you know, and Mm -hmm. understanding. Right. Just like everything. Just like everything. And there's so much out there now that, you know, says we are not, you know, doomed to be a certain way the rest of our life. That our brain is, uh, you know, plasticity, which means that our brain can change with new experiences. You know, we used to think that the brain was just formed at a certain age and that's it, you're stuck. Not so. This is very, very exciting news that our brain can change. Uh, mm-hmm. We just have to change our experiences. 
And um, and you have to have an open mind. I mean, I tell people, absolutely. I used to eat bacon double cheeseburgers when I was in high school and mm-hmm. just eat so much junk. Yeah. And I felt l- lousy. And and I started introducing more health food. And it's not like you become a vegetarian overnight. You know, it's right. just like anything. And you had, I mentioned this earlier, you had posted or a link to a video of a man who uh, was injured. He had been jumping on yes. planes, and mm-hmm. what a powerful Isn't video. Isn't that incredible? Oh, I can't stop talking about it. Yes, yes, it's incredible, that mm. man. and But, you know, the yoga teacher looked at him and said, I want to help this man. Mm. You amazing. know, so it was another human being, um, you know, caring. Sure. Uh, that helped him to just, and the willingness, you know, he kept standing up and trying to do warrior and all these poses and he would fall down and he, you know, and he would fall down on camera and people were watching and he just got up. He just got up, you know, and it was wonderful. I love that video. I love that video. I've been talking about it all weekend. It's amazing. Amazing. I'm glad you shared that. Any advice you'd give people that are in a funk? We only have a few more minutes, but I know it's a kind of a general question, but any advice and then how they can contact you? Um, you can contact me through my website, bonniecats.com, mm-hmm. uh, B-O-N-N-I-E-K-A-T-Z.com, um, and my phone number and, and uh, email address is all there. Okay. Um, I think the, the most important thing is to have acceptance. You know, sometimes we need to accept the way that things are in order for them to change. Sure. You know, and just say, this is my truth right now, and that's okay, you know, Uh, but I would like to do something about it. And to know, you know, especially that you're not stuck. Nothing is fixated. Emotions and feelings come and go just like the weather. That's true. Yeah. Just like the weather. You're right. sitting down, and you learn this through mindful meditation, that you could sit down and a million thoughts and feelings will go through your head, and you will not get up feeling the same way. If you wait 10 minutes or 20 minutes or one hour, it will, it will change. But people right. that are depressed get afraid, and they feel like, oh, my God, I can't live the rest of my life like this. Mm-hmm. And you won't, and you don't have to. You know, because things will change. They will. That's that's the nature of life. Right. Everything right. is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. You know. As I say in my show, you know, life's a roller coaster ride, and it's ups yes. and downs and twists and turns. But there yes. there are ways to find your way out of that funk. You Absolutely. Know? You know. Absolutely. And even if you have to force yourself, you know, in the beginning, even if you don't wait until you feel better. Don't wait until. Force yourself Mm -hmm. to reach out to someone, you know, whether that's a therapist or a friend or a 12-step program, whatever it is. You know, don't isolate. Don't go to your room alone like when you were a kid. So true. You know, reach out and get help. Yes. Yeah, because I used to bury myself in the Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, or whatever. People have all their different vices, and it's, it's not the answer, so... Again, so your website is bonniecats.com. Yes, it is. And I really enjoyed having you on the show. I want to thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Janine. It was a pleasure. You have some great articles on your uh, website, and I I read about you also. You write the article, Conscious Actor. Yes. Yes, I do, Uh, uh, for the Casting Networker. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Really enjoy I, that. Great. Oh, great, good. I'm glad. Great insight on there. So. Yeah. I also designed um, an inspiration journal for actors, oh. um, which is available on my website and also at the Drama Bookshop in New York. Okay. Um, and it's just a place where you can jot down things that made you laugh, you know, that inspired you, your creativity, or gave you a different view. Uh, and I have some inspirational sayings on the bottom also to kind of hold you up and help you. Nice. I'm going to go check that out. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All Take right. care. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. That was Bonnie Cat, psychotherapist. Again, you visit her website. You can uh, learn more about her. It's Bonnie, Kate with a K, cats.com. You've been listening to Get the Funk Out. Up next, Sheldon Abbott with Cure for the Blues. Have a great Monday, everybody. I'll be back here next week. Hi, I'm Rebecca Romaine. As a former model, I used to walk runways all over the world. Paris, Milan, New York. This is Salif Diara. As a local health worker, he walks the pathways of his village in Mali, West Africa, every day to help treat severely ill children. Like many children in the developing world, those in Salif's village are threatened by common illnesses that kill millions worldwide. But unlike villages without a local health worker, the children in Salif's village get the care they need to survive. And even though you can't walk in his shoes, you can help him with his work. (laughs) Help one, save many. See where the good goes at goodgoes.org and find out all the ways you can help get the good where it needs to go. Brought to you by Save the Children and the Ad Council. Last of at KCI, 8.9 FM, Estás escuchando a KUCI, 88.9 FM, KUCI, in Irvine.